Orale. Bienvenidos and welcome to the Familia FFB podcast. We are live on YouTube with a compadre that I'm going to introduce in a second. It's just going to be fun. But first off, Familia, we're on YouTube. Please make sure to give us a like and subscribe. Por favor. Really appreciate it. It helps us keep growing. And as you know, we are a, poor, a part, a proud member, miembros muy orgullosos of the Fantasy Points Media Group. So please make sure when you go to get fantasypoints.com and you get your subscription, hey, put in Familia 22, or if you want to put it in Spanish, Familia 22, and you get it, I'll get you 10% off. And one of the things that you're going to get when you subscribe to the Fantasy Points NFL Prospect, God, you get 200 plus NFL pro, rookie profiles from Greg Cosell, the great one, the G from NFL Films. He's, he's still dropping them all the time. You're getting incredible content from John Hansen, Graham Barfield, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, Tom Brawley, Wes Huber, all some of the great fantasy minds out there in, in the industry, all right there in that one media guy and one prospect guy. So please, por favor, again, use the promo code. Familia 22, Familia 22. I'm going to drop it right here. See right there, Familia 22, when you go to fantasypoints.com. So, por favor. Again, we're live, and we got got ourselves, mm, amigo. You know what? I, I titled this one, Great Scott. Kind of like inspired by the Back to the Future, the Christopher Lloyd character, Doc Brown. But Familia, our invitado de lujo, coming out of straight out of Maryland, not out of the San Fernando Valley in 1955. So no. Maryland, it's crab cake country. He remembers when the Orioles were actually good. So he's wearing a Washington Capitol shirt. So let him give a little bit about that. But uh, hey, we're also going to find out if he actually memorized that big test from the movie Diner. So uh, Nuestro Amigo, he, he's wearing a hat. He wears so many hats in the industry. I just can't count anymore. And I'll tell you the truth. He's got a great head of hair. So I don't know why he'd ever wear a hat anyway. But here, here are some of the names. Chalk Blocked which he co-hosts with our compadre, Bo McBrayer. He's, he works for Prize Picks, Sports Gambling Podcast Network, Mayo Media Network. And I love it when he wears sunglasses at night with the Fantasy Millionaires. So, uh, and also he's one of the great DFS minds around and he's been featured on the Fantasy, Point, Fantasy Pros podcast. So he's all over the place. Again, Travis, truly one of the great people I've met in this space. And he's a girl dad, first and foremost. And by the way, he's a teacher by day, but bienvenido to our buen amigo. Scott Simpson. Muchas gracias. Bienvenido, Scott. Estás en tu casa. Oh, man. Thank you. I, I am just uh, blown away here by that. Uh, one thing I would say is El Guapo as well. If you want to add in El Guapo into <laughs> the title. Uh, yeah, uh, as, as, half of, yeah, as half of the world's sexiest DFS show for now. For now. Uh, you know, um, I, I have to. No, I appreciate that. That is actually the best intro I've ever seen. I'm going to take a picture of it. I'm going to tweet it out. And I'm going to say this is how it is done. Uh, and I appreciate all those kind platitudes and all the people that you basically read from are people who have uh, believed in me and supported me and cared for me and loved me and give me an opportunity to be able to share what I have. So like you just re read through a bunch of people who I'm grateful for, too, uh, and I'm grateful to have relationships with. So thank you. It's a reminder of how good everyone has been uh, to me, honestly, and, and, and loving and been. So thank you, man. This is a, a great opportunity and I can't wait to talk some fantasy football and get into it all. And, you know, I, I like to teach kids, but uh, teaching adults is helpful too. We're just a little harder to learn from because we have our egos. We have the things we kind of put in front of us, our fandom, our background knowledge, our pain, our suffering in the industry, whatever it is, you know, our experiences that go before us. So uh, I'm excited. And I do have to say, 
Shout out to Fantasy Points. I've had a subscription since they started. I still have one now worth every penny. Scott Barrett, I'm a DFS head. He breaks it down every single week with a huge breakdown. Uh, you know, they have the podcast every week where they're they're cashing points too. So uh, I yes. love that you work with them now. This, this is a great crew. I mean, Cassell, the whole Joe Dolan, everybody there. I love those guys. They sent me this, uh, a free hat, because they, they just like the cut of my jib. And, uh, and they like that I like you guys. So they're awesome. I love them. And I, I'll rep them uh, forever. And uh, maybe one day I can uh, work with you guys over there. Maybe, you know, I could be a subsidiary of, you know, your your podcast or something like that. Because, uh, you know, uh, and, you know the, the Familia 22, you know, so. <laughs> oh, man. You know what? They've been great. They've been great, actually. I've uh, communicated with both Joe Dolan and Scott Barrett. They're going to be and Graham Barfield. They're all going to be coming on in the month of May. Awesome. So I'm so pumped to to have them on and actually to have have some landing places. And you know that you and I kind of communicated through through our chat uh, recently. You know, we talked about you know as as we are familia. We're one day before the NFL draft. And by the way, shout out to Albert. Uh, Alberto uh, in the chat. Buenas noches. ¿Cómo estás? Uh, thank you for joining us. Muchas gracias. And uh, I think we both just were kind of like, okay, let's get this thing over with. We were talked out. We're pretty much ready for all these to know where these players are going. You know, for tomorrow uh, or maybe the first couple of days, is there anything you're looking forward to in the draft? You know, I, I always love to see the overreactions that everybody makes right away. Uh, you know, uh, you know, the, the CEH anointment was my favorite. Shout out Davis Maddock. Uh, you know, he, he was the second coming first round pick. He snuck in the background for the Chiefs if you don't know the story. So I, I like all of the drama that comes with it. And then uh, I like all the guys who do outstanding mocks. They, they mock it out the wazoo. They have everything perfect. And then a team blows up their mock with the trade. And they take it so seriously that they go to Twitter to complain about said team that ruined their mock. I love those guys because they take it so seriously. Uh, yeah, you don't want to compete in leagues with those guys. So <laughs> it's it's so funny. I I mean, yeah, doing the mock. I mean, I don't know if you have better chance of getting the first round right or getting even like the the first two days of the NCAA tournament right. I don't know which one is harder because it's it's going to go all over the place. There's going to be trades. Things are going to get blown out of the water. I, I'm just like I just want to sit back and let it happen because I don't want, I don't want to put set fire to any content. And then I'll, I'm going to try and put together a predictions uh, article tomorrow just to see how right I am. Just like five to 10 wild predictions, just to put it out there, put it out in the new, some content, but then tomorrow night I'm going to do a reaction to the first day, the live stream mm -hmm. reaction. But uh, you got any appearances coming up? You know, uh, I think I've got three. You're, you're number one, by the way. I booked you That's first. Uh, we're a little pre-draft, pre you know. Not going to talk all draft, but tomorrow's it's all draft, you know. So uh, I'm jumping on with uh, Joe Bond to start around 8 o'clock over the Fancy Six Pack. Love those guys. Uh, uh, he's in my Maryland Crab Cake League this year, which, you know, I, I'm the champion of. I did defeat, uh, you know, all, all comers in that league, including – uh, one Dennis Carter here of the East Coast variety. <laughs> so, you know, I don't want to say that, that uh, yeah, zero RB was, uh, you know, a, a, a falsehood last year in our league. But 
Um, oh, I was going to say, I, did you use his? Did you I use did. His? I did. I used it again. So I had six <laughs> wide receivers. I did. I watched him go to the championship the year before using it, and and I uh, got some good wide receivers. So I won it that way. And uh, you know, but I'm going on Jovan, and then I'm going to go on with uh, our guy uh, Jeff. Is it Hazley? Am I saying it yes. correctly? Oh, uh-huh. yeah, I thought so. But uh, Jeff Hazley, uh, you know, and he is doing a, a Carolina themed show, talking draft though the whole time. So he'll be on there. 815. And then my guy, uh, Tyler, you know, Tyler, Tyler's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm over on with Tyler from uh, 845 to 915. So you'll check me out. I'll be probably annoying you enough. You'll be turning on your, your, your Twitter going, not this guy again, <laughs> ah! uh, but it'll be fresh. I won't be repeating myself. Whatever content's happening at the same time, I'll be commenting on those draft prospects and how they're going to ruin your fantasy team. So well, I, actually, I'm Jeff. I'm jumping on with Jeff later on that evening too. I think probably a couple hours after you. So it's gonna be it's gonna be fun time. So awesome. I'll, I'll just be riding your coattails, me amigo. Riding oh, your coattails. No, he'll know just say, "Hey, it's so much better now that Scott's not here." <laughs> so I, I I just I just had, I had a funny one. Uh, well, not a funny one. I always had the the question. I think your nimble with nimble W numbers is one of the most clever uh, Twitter handles out there. Is there a story behind it? So there's like there's two stories behind it. One story is that there is a math program in in schools that people use. It's called uh, Nimble with Numbers or Nimble Nimble, you know, uh, with numbers for kids that they use. So I heard that pro that that word before, kind of that thing. And then uh, one time I was hanging out back in the day. And, uh, you know, my friend, uh, he dropped the roach and I just picked it up like in a heartbeat. It, it bounced off the floor. I picked it up and I was like nimble with numbers. And so it was just we laughed. It was silly. That was years ago. It was probably like, you know, over like a decade ago. Uh, and it was it was one of those knee slappers. And then when I put it out there, I was like, yeah, hey, you know what? Uh, I like the, the way that it looks as a fantasy perspective, because, you know, uh, I wanted it to be not overtly like, you know, f- fancy football for days or footballs or fancy footballers or yeah, those are great. Right? I'm not shitting on them, but uh, I wanted to be a little bit more clever and I love numbers and that's where I, you know, I get in with the DFS. And so I thought it would be a little fun thing. And uh, my, my friend, Mike, he knew immediately my co-host over at the fancy millionaires. You spoke of him earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. He knew right away where that joke came from and how much, you know, we laughed and had a good time. And, and cause I'm a fat guy. So me calling myself nimble, but my fingers are very nimble video games, driving, whatever it is, uh, even out there in the, on the basketball court, I'm, I'm pretty good with my hands. Uh, so I, I call myself nimble as, as a joke really, but uh, you know, it's true. So we will go with that. Hey, I'd rather be quick than fast. So let's do that. Yes. In in most places. So, um, but yeah, so awesome. Um, So I was talking about how uh, we were talking a little bit about DFS before and you and Bo, you know, we talked about the chalk blocks with Amigo Bo, who I'm actually going to, I think, I think, you know, I'm going to see him on Friday night. I'm going to be yeah, up in, hanging uh, out. Yeah. We're hanging out for day two of the draft. I'm, uh, I'm going to be up there for a memorial service the next day, but um, yeah, get to get to hang out and break, uh, you know, kind of break down up from the couch, the uh, day two of the NFL draft. But, you know, you guys break down DFS on a weekly basis. You do sports gambling on, on, uh, with, as sports gambling podcast network. And you and I have played in best ball tourneys together. And obviously there's regular redraft stuff. Is there any fantasy or gambling format endeavor that you haven't tried? And maybe you're curious about. 
So I'll say this one that uh, I'm looking forward to doing. Last year, I played with Paul Charchian uh, over at the Guillotine Leagues. It was for free, mm. um, but it was with a bunch of industry insiders, you know, uh, Joe Bryant, uh, just a bunch of different people who everyone would recognize. And I made it into like maybe week like seven or six, you know, so I didn't get eliminated right away. And I was like, oh, good. Other big names went out for me. I felt good. Um, but I ended up just, uh, you know, kind of petering out. But But I'll say... I did put a hundred dollars into that uh, into the guillotine league. So this year, I am just going to host some guillotine leagues. And you know, you put ten bucks in, and you do it's like a, a you know a best ball draft kind of. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So you're going to do it. You're going to do a draft, uh, and then after each week, the lowest score gets eliminated, and those players go into the fab. You get a thousand dollars, whatever, two thousand dollars of fab, and so you can scoop them up or you cannot scoop them up. And so, uh, and as players get eliminated or teams get eliminated each week, some players that might've already been scooped, they can become available too. So you get uh, you know, super teams by the end, uh, which is really cool. But then you're, you're playing more DFS, like who's actually going to be better. Uh, and you got to manage your fab too. So it kind of combines all of them. So I'll send out links and stuff. You're welcome to to jump in and, and hope yeah. it's legal in your state, you know, um, but uh, it, it looks like a lot of fun. So. Yeah, I don't know if, uh, well, I mean, DFS is legal, but uh, not all gambling is, in that, uh, sports gambling is not legal in California yet. So yeah, please, yeah. please bring it on the gallant ballot uh, at the, at, you know, in November, well, please. And, and watch out for big corporations because Maryland had it on the ballot. We got it. We had prize picks. We had underdog. We had all this stuff. And then now that it's gone in and more laws have gone into place to protect the casinos who are here, those things are priced out. You can't do those games right now. So uh. Adios mio. Adios mio. Well, yesterday I put we got a question uh, when I when I announced this this show, and I thought it'd be, it was kind of fun because it's kind of a juicy question, uh, pun intended. Uh, what is each of your NFL favorite NFL players, past or present, that you share a last name with? So you are you are el invitado. Uh, who would it be? So you know. Um, for a long time, for a long, long time, I'm just going to say it was somebody, you know, um, but the, it changed. It, it it stopped being that person um, after a while because uh, that person did something pretty terrible, honestly. Um, we're not going to say what they did, but, you know, we don't see our uncle anymore. He doesn't get invited to the family events. So that's not who my favorite player is. I think Jerome Simpson is my favorite. And. The reason Jerome Simpson is my favorite is just that one, the flip he did into the end zone. It's iconic. It's going to be on like every highlight reel best. You know, it's it's such a fast play too. Like it's not going to take 50 seconds. It's just a catch, a run to the end zone, and then a flip over player. That's a six second montage. I'll put it in every NFL films. You know, it's I love it. So I'm going to go Jerome. Uh, there's been other ones too, but uh, you know, those stand out the most. Uh, and it's not my, the golfer Scott Simpson, by the way. I know he's not an NFL player, but he's not my favorite player. Not a big <laughs> fan. No, nothing. And that Joe Simpson, the the former Major League Baseball player and announcer for the Braves. So no, no, not him at all. Well, mine, I, I you know, I, I was flipping a coin between a couple. Uh, one was uh, Harvey Martin, Harvey, not Martin Martin, uh, of the Dallas Cowboys, who was the MVP of the nineteen seventy eight. I think it was a Super Bowl. 12 i believe um and he was co-mvp with randy white dallas cowboys but you know he's he's a cowboy and i grew up really i mean they were they were the nemesis of the rams for me growing up so uh by the way salud salud uh but yeah so i 
I, I ended up uh, going kind of like uh, the, the Englishized, Englishized version. Uh, George Martin, the former defensive defensive lineman for the New York Giants in the 70s. And he was with them for all the way up to uh, like the, the 70s, all the way through their 86 team that won the that won the Super Bowl. So uh, that, that that's I those guys, though, Curtis Martin was another one if I wanted to take a, uh, a fantasy football type of player. So Albert, yes, that's, that's a, you got it. You got it. That's another one. So muy bien. Muy, muy bien. Also, oh, I just wanted to do a quick hello to um, uh, Mr. Scampers in the chat and La Dama, Dame Overboard. Muchas gracias. And yes, I get I get ads all the time for measures against sports betting. So, uh, but I, I signed a petition for it out in California. So fingers crossed, fingers crossed. So uh, I got to love this. So uh, Scott, they, they, oh, awesome. That was fun. Um, this one's going to be a little more serious. Uh, probably the only time we're going to be serious tonight, but uh, you know, I've got one that's, that's got a kind of a heartfelt feel to it. Um, last month, your daughter, London rang the bell at uh, children's national hospital to signify that she's hundred percent cancer free after her battle with leukemia. The video that's your pin tweet, on on your twitter account it says it all it shows you ringing the bell and uh you know you and i uh, you know we're fellow girl dads so um you know i it really it really touched me touched my heart it touched me how open you've been with her you know as a father as as a dad and papi uh can you express kind of what you felt in the in that instant when you saw her ring that bell yeah, you know, it, it was kind of surreal because I remember when we first started the the journey, it's so um, emotional. You know, it's so it's like a gut punch. I, I think I said I was gutted when I first when I kind of reached out to Twitter because you you don't you don't know what's going to happen. That's I mean, no one does in life. We don't we don't have the next day uh, scripted out. That's kind of the uncertainty of this world we all live in, you know, but when you have a diagnosis for something that's that heavy, you have fears, you have other stories in your mind, there's just things that come in. So it's a, a lot of emotion. So to go through it, and to kind of realize, I think what the, the real emotional time we kind of had was like a month before we realized, like, we thought we were going to be done in the summer. And then she talked to the doctors, and they're like, Oh, no, no, you're done in March. And we were like, what? You know, what? We, we were kind of taken aback, we thought we were going to have to go until the summer. And they said, No, 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 she's just still uh, you know, not neutropenic, but that she's kind of just depleted a little bit until the end of summer. Then she'll be back to just being normal. So she's still kind of, we're going to be wearing we're, we're our masks still, we're being careful, um, you know, not not kind of being around people who are sick and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. um, the, we, she hasn't been hospitalized for uh, almost two years, which is really amazing because the first year she was in so many times. It was just, uh, you know, I, re regularly just reaching out to Twitter and asking for prayer and for help and for encouragement. And uh, I met so many amazing people through that, that, you know, I, my goal was never even to be a fantasy analyst or didn't really do any of this stuff. It was just to kind of write about fantasy for me talk to people, build relationships. And then when it happened, so many people started caring for me and just being there for me, yourself, the thieves, so many other people. Uh, you know, uh, speaking of Danny Carter earlier, he did a whole podcast mm. on London. He asked me about her and went through and, and talked as if, you know, it was his daughter, which was just, it was, you know, it, it broke my heart. I heard, listened to it in the hospital while I was with London and she was getting her treatment, one of her chemo treatment. So, you know, it was, it was crazy to see how many people reached out and to kind of have it all flashback and to, to be in that place. And I, I wanted to, I requested it because uh, that's the place we started. We go to another place for a treatment, but I said, that's the place I want to go back. Cause we were there most of the time when it was terrible, 
So I wanted to go back when we were winning and I wanted to go back and ring the bell there. Um, she had already been clapped out at the other place, but this was, this was cool because uh, behind her are all the other kids too, in the last couple of years who've been ringing the bell. So you'd see that she's not alone. They got little plaques, little painted little things they put behind it. And um, I think the main thing I, I stepped away from this whole experience was one, how amazing people are in our community and, and in the cancer community who are there to care for people. And, uh, and then also, uh, you know, how much I now love other people who are going through things and I'm made aware of other people's struggles I just didn't know about. And I think that's the, the cool part is that you're, when you go through it and you're hurting other people who are hurting, love you, and then you get to love them back. And so it's a, it's a building and a bonding experience and I'll never not, you know, be a part of that community and uh, be able to help and, and hopefully share what I have uh, and share what London's gone through with what other people when they're going through it too, unfortunately. But if you're there to be able to be there for them, I mean, that that's kind of the goal of, of a, a, a tragedy is that you don't just, you know, get through it and go, it's over, but now I can help other people who go through it too. So um, it's a, it's a good story. And I was excited uh, too. She was less excited. She was just like, Oh, I'm in preteen, boom, bing, bing, you know? And, uh, <laughs> and then they told after the, know, the video, well. Yeah, not in the video. They told uh, I turned the video off. Then Adelaide, they said, "Bring it a little harder." And my other daughter came up and was like, "Bang!" Oh. You know, and the, and the doctor's like, "Yay!" And London's like, "That's too loud." You know, so I'm like, "I'm I'm with you, London. A little too loud." But uh, yeah, very special time for our family, and uh, you know, we're really grateful we can kind of move now towards being healthy, and that can work on my fat ass being healthy. That's the next goal. Uh, as I drink wine, <laughs> which I normally don't do, by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm my wife made me do this. That's the story. Hey, you know what? It helps you sleep. And supposedly a glass a day is good for you. So, you know, we'll keep it to a glass. It's like my fourth glass this year. So I'm okay. I'm, 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 you know, doing well. Um, we, you know what? And yeah, moderation, moderation, enjoy it. Enjoy it. Plus weather's going to start getting much nicer out there. So, uh, you know what? It'll be easier to get out and get out and do a, a little fun stuff, but, uh, and, and, and actually, yeah, exercise a little, uh, now the other thing, there was a fun stuff, the, that Oktoberfest hat photo uh, video that that you posted, okay. Oh, the you dancing. Yes, yeah, so you got to tell yeah. me when you're going to be doing that. You you got to one of these days. You got to pod with that hat on, please. Oh please. yes. So yeah. So and I think I did it the first year, but last year I think I kind of forgot about it. But I have it over there. It's hanging on my my. Uh, I have a beer uh, cap. You put the caps in. It's like a map of the United States, and you put a cap in from where you go to different, you know, states. It kind of have a little area to put. So I have I have a couple of beer caps in there, but mostly I have all my hats. Like this hat hangs there, and my Oktoberfest hat is there. Uh, it's supposed to be worn September like seventeenth to right. like October first, whatever. So I will wear it during pods this year, and I will drink Oktoberfest beer on those pods as well. Uh, but the dancing, London recorded me. I had no clue that, that video existed, and then she goes, "Dad, look at this." Look what I show my friends. I said, what? What are you doing to me? That's ridiculous. I can't believe I'm doing that. You recorded me like this little stealth spy. Get out of town. So I had to share with, of course, everybody else on Twitter that I was being recorded. So it was fun. It makes it easier. Hey, get in front of it. Get in front of it before it, it surprises you someday on Instagram or something. This or TikTok or something. Yeah, yeah, this is me, guys. I hate to admit it. I'm not a good looking coordinated guy. And, you know, but that's the beauty of being a dad. You could get away with that stuff and be like, hey, I'm a, I'm somebody's dad. Who cares? Forget right. about it. Olvídate. No. Right. Look how awkward you are now. You know, look at the, <laughs> the, yeah, the kids, not not us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, exactly. Oh, just going to say hello to a couple other people. Jay Wall. Jay Wall, muchas gracias again. Thank you for the, thank you for putting together that, that, that thumbnail. It was awesome. And uh, yeah, it, oh, it, it was, Love it Jay. was good. 
Oh, Jay Wall is just a stud, 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 mm-hmm. stud. One of the great people. Another one of the great people. Uh, so one one thing. So again, we're a day before the NFL draft. You know, there's the last week has been kind of almost as dominated by Debo Samuel. There was a cryptic mm-hmm. tweet that came out yet this morning about you know you don't really you know from him you don't really know everything, but. Uh, you know, you're a gambling man. You do get, you, you talk about gambling on your podcasts. What do you, what do you think the odds are that he gets traded by the end before or during day one of the NFL draft? I mean, I don't think we've ever seen a player trade happen or at least hasn't happened in a long time during, during the draft. Yeah. I, I think, think it happens. It's, I don't think it does, but it, it, I'll give it a 25% chance of, of possibly happening, right? Like a, a, a one in four. I don't think that the, the Jets are going to put together uh, a package that has Elijah Moore. I don't think they're going to give him up. I mean, why, why would you do that? Why would you draft him? You know what you have. You know he's going to be – you got rid of Jameson Crowder. I mean, yeah, you're getting Debo, um, but – and all the picks too. I, I, I don't – I can't see it happening, uh, you know, but the Jets, I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, Robert Saleh, is that how you say his name? Salah, 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 Salah. Salah. I mean, he, he, he was there. He knows him. He saw him in San Francisco. He knows he's beast. He also probably has NFL Network. He probably saw highlights this last year of his 1,400 yards uh, you know, receiving and then his, <laughs> you know, plus, you know, 400 yards rushing or whatever. So, like, I'm sure he's aware, Debo Samuel, but um, – you know, I, and honestly, I would have said no, there's a zero percent chance until this last offseason where you saw Devonte Adams get traded, Tyreek Hill get traded. I mean, you know, I mean, what? So anything can happen. Now it's almost like fantasy rotary football, kind of that that mindset has caught up to real life fantasy or real life football players and 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 the the owners and the the short lived nature of of the NFL is kind of being put on display where people are just making splash moves. I mean, we're looking at, for example, you know, Tyree Kill, well, he's going for that second big contract, right? That's what he wants to do right now, restructure, get a big contract. Uh, you know, so he's got to do a good job in Miami. So people want that 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 second life, that third life, that big contract after they've done their first five, four or five years. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, you know what? If, if Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill hadn't gotten traded in the last month, I'd have been like, oh, yeah, no way. No, right. it, yeah, if it, it, I'd have been no way, it's not going to happen, not going to happen. But I don't know that right now we're less than 24 hours away from the NFL draft after actually happening. And uh, I'm, I'm going to yeah, I'm going to say it doesn't happen just because of the fact that uh, I'm going to, I'm going to put it out there. It's not going to happen because I just think there, no one's going to be able to pay enough for him uh, paying yeah. being the, and then having to pay Debo. So, so, uh, you know, so i mean you heard it here it didn't it, it didn't it's not gonna happen it's never gonna happen <laughs> never and and if it if it does happen we don't know what you're talking about yeah yeah it's like yeah, yeah this is this will be i could zap this like like Erases. that like this yes i gotta yeah. erase myself <laughs> look into the look into the pen look into the pen <laughs> <laughs> yes yes we'll be, be, be the uh yeah be, be like be the wizard you know break, coming down behind the window or behind the curtain so um so let, let's get into some numbers. Nimble. Let's let's get mm-hmm. do it nimbly. Uh, breaking down the numbers. So there's always kind of like that thin, that film versus analytics argument that seemed to be getting on the opposite ends of the rope. And then I like to stay somewhat in the middle. Uh, though I think I I lean a little bit more to the to the uh, numbers just because I, th- I feel like I spend more time 
uh, you know, reviewing them rather than watching the game and, and as it happens, but, uh, and maybe going back and watching some, you know, particular plays, but that, that's why I wanted to bring you on because I've always loved you, you know, how, especially how you and Bo break down uh, every, everything. And I know there's a difference preseason breaking things down as during the season, but um, I kind of wanted to get, you know, position by position and going through, maybe we could have a little bit of a discussion on, you know, kind of what your favorite, things are in breaking down the positions and let's start with quarterback what and i think and i almost feel like you have to we have to look at different analytics for quarterbacks the passing versus rushing uh, are, are what are what are some numbers that you really like to look at when you're talking about the quarterback position so i think the the main one for me comes down to one of the main ones is i mean passing attempts right like how many times are they going to throw the football like that's that's one of the biggest, you know, I think indicators overall of success. Of course, efficiency with those uh, passing attempts is, is monumental. So the better quarterbacks, hopefully, are going to be more efficient. So um, you know, passing percentage-wise. But let's take last year, right? And um, I'm going to give you the, the top three in attempts, right? Mm-hmm. So Tom Brady, 719 attempts. That is holy shite, right? Mm-hmm. Then we have Justin Herbert, 672. Patrick Mahomes. 658 and let's go to where they finished in fantasy relevance right for the whole year so justin herbert was uh overall he was number two uh tom brady was number it's just in quarterbacks tom brady was three patrick mahomes four so you you hit the golden ticket though uh with the josh allen with the running you talked about it there where does the running factor in well uh with josh allen it's kind of the 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 factor point that gives him the, the overall number one, because he didn't have as many attempts. He had 646 attempts, which is more than he's ever had. That's great. I love that for him. Right. But the rushing, the rushing is key. Uh, you know, being able mm-hmm. to, to get six extra touchdowns, 763 yards, that's going to be a little bit more gravy. Uh, and he, and he's, he's, he's not doing what Lamar's doing with the rushing, but he's doing more with the passing uh, than Lamar's doing. So it's a little bit of a, a, a up, uptick in the hybrid with the passing. So uh, I love what, you know, those kind of matrix. How about you? Cause I know that you, you have some, uh, you know, key points that you look for as well. Yeah, I was looking, uh, the, the pass attempts definitely. I mean, it, sometimes it's just too easy to uh get into get into like the crazy analytics and uh, it almost feels too elementary but you know what when tom brady is throwing almost 200 times more than aaron Rodgers, that's 200 more attempts that are gonna that that could be good stuff because he's one of the he's one of the best in the nfl and and he's the goat so i do that one number that i love to look at was intended air yards the, the very much because I, th- I feel like like I'm looking at the top 10 in intended air yards and I, uh, I'll put some I'll put an article together on this uh, in, the, in the next couple of weeks. But again, you're talking about the, the here are the top five in intended air yards last year. Uh, so this is for you know this is literally how many pa- uh, the, the yards the yards per pass attempt uh, before they actually hit the receiver. Tom Brady was number one, Josh Allen number two. Matthew Stafford, number three, Derek Carr, number four, Justin Herbert, number five, <laughs> you know, those five, that's four of the top, four of the top uh, quarterbacks last season in fantasy points per game. So that's just going to give you a big indicator. If this guy's, if he's throwing and he's throwing the ball with intention and with far, a lot of times it's about eight yards per uh, eight air yards per pass attempt. Uh, you know, give me that. I'm looking for those guys all day long. Oh, and by the way, number six was Patrick Mahomes. 
So again, you know, you're he's you're good. Just, he's you're good. Get, you're getting all those guys. So I love looking that from the passing side. Now on the rushing side, what's what's most important for you for the quarterback? You, I mean, attempts. Well, not just attempts, mm. right? But I mean, attempts are good. But I mean, it, you know, it, it's kind of how they're schemed as well. So, uh, you know, last year Jalen Hurts had 139 rushing attempts. Uh, and he he also uh, led the league in in rushing for quarterbacks, right? He had 784 yards. So I like that correlation. You know, you look down at Josh Allen; he had a better yards per uh, rush average at 6.3. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but Hurts got him with the touchdown. So I think if you're for me, I like the touchdowns. That that running upside is helpful. You know, the year before when Tannehill busted out, he had like 10 plus rushing touchdowns. That was kind of what gave him that edge, right? So you can't chase that, but you you like to have that opportunity. And so, you know, between Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, you got 16 touchdowns between those guys. So kind of finding that that quarterback who's got the potential for the yards and the touchdowns, that's going to get you the points. I mean, that's where, that's where the bread and butter is. It's in touchdowns. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that was still the thing. I mean, because when you had, I mean, Tannehill still, still had seven rushing touchdowns last year in what Mm. was considered a bad year for him. So, I I mean, they're, they're still so valuable. Jalen Hurts was number one with 10, but again, you also had Josh Allen, Josh Allen. There's I'm, I'm going to question anybody who doesn't have him as their QB one this, you know, in rankings next year, because he's just uh, that rushing when you get 750 rushing yards from the quarterback, it's just, sorry, I'm I'm getting excited. And he upgraded from uh, Cole (coughs) Beasley, Jamison Crowder, (laughs) a younger, better uh, slot receiver. I like that. And then you saw the emergence of Gabriel Davis, obviously. And then, you know, Dawson Knox. And then you know they're probably going to get another running back. Oh, it's going to be another season. Load them up in Buffalo. Or as J.D. McKissick said, in the Buffalo. (laughs) In the Buffalo. I know. Exactly. Our our amigo Jeff Bell would be if they get Brees Hall in the first round. It's just from this time tomorrow night. It's just gonna be like okay, forget it, forget it. Yeah, it I'm, he, I'm he, never not... listening to Jeff Bell. Muting Jeff Bell. If that <laughs> I love him by the way. He's a girl dad. He's he's like star yes. of the club, but he's gonna be insufferable. And I, I love Buffalo. I love Mafia. Everybody, but you know, no, I'm teasing you, Joe. Jeff. His feet won't touch the ground. Oh, by the way, uh, uh, Mr. Scampers, I, I saw that que- that that uh, offer that you had, and uh, but yes, you kid, yes, you kid. So, uh, Jimmy G, no one's gonna, no, 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 no. I, I, you know, down south, no mas, no mas. I mean, they're talking about you know trading him to Carolina. It's like, is he better than Sam Darnold? I don't think so. We could talk. We'll both probably take turns talking about that at at, at some point tomorrow night uh, with sure. Jeff. So, uh, how about on the running back side? So the running back, there's so many different numbers to look at with the, with the running backs. Um, I mean. Uh, you know, again, another one, uh, simple total rushing attempts. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a huge one. Uh, and looking at targets. Yes. That's that, that I think that's going to be as, uh, as big because I think it was Scott Barrett, who says it's 2.7 target uh, target is 2.7 times more valuable than a rushing attempt. But, um, what, what, what do you love to look at when you're, when you're scouting a running back? So, you know, it's not a, a, a stat, and I like those stats. I'm not going to shit on anything Scott Barrett said because that's my guy. Um, I do like those stats. I mean, touches and targets combined. 
uh, and putting a little bit more weight on the targets. If that's where you're going to mean think Marshall Falk, you know, just your, mm-hmm. your, 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 your pass receiving yards as well. How many targets you're going to get, uh, you know, Austin Eckler last year, you know, uh, Najee Harris just getting dumped, you know, Leonard Fournette, 69 reception, 69 Leonard. I love it, buddy. Uh, so he would have had more if he wasn't hurt too. So uh, yeah, big, huge part. That's what makes Leonard Fournette such a wild card this year, which I really like. If you're going to, you're going to get him also get some other running backs because he's going to get hurt. Maybe possibly who knows, but he could, he could, I mean, he's a, he's, a, he's, he takes out, Eagles middle linebackers, you know, oh, like Arnold Schwarzenegger in, in in Conan the Barbarian takes out <laughs> barbarians. You know what I mean? Like he's just he like, give me the ball. I'm gonna take out, I'm gonna take out that that guy again, you know. So um I, I like that. I would say this: the one that I looked at too that was in my research, and I looked at kind of the, the effectiveness of running backs is the points per touch, right? And what is your point per touch? How many points, fantasy points per touch you're uh-huh. getting? Each time somebody like Alvin Kamara, his rookie season, he's getting like one, you know, 0. 0.4 or 1.2, some crazy number, uh, point per touch. Then, then you have on the other side, Melvin Gordon, his rookie year, get like 0. 0.5 per touch. So it, 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 you're getting all these touches, but what are you doing with those touches? So, kind of touch target, and then kind of the from there, how do those touch targets relate to fantasy points? I think that's kind of the key. So, I like that stat a little bit more when you combine it with those touches and the and the you know, the targets. Where, where do you find that one? You got to make that one yourself. You got to make it. Oh. I, yeah, Ooh, n- 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 nimble. nimble. Nimble has made that one. Uh, it was not last year. I didn't make it, but it was part of uh, my first build of my website, and it was on an optimizer that I created. A little silly one, but it had all of the DraftKings points, and you can kind of move everything around and play with everything, and you can see how many points per game a player was was earning each week. Which I love that because that to me really shows what. And you could you could look at it in, in retrospective of what teams they were going up against as well. So kind of like Jordan Vanek's Z score, but much more antiquated and not. You had to I had to you had to meld them. You had to look at two different uh, you know columns that were next to each other and kind of go oh 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 there you go it's right there it's in between which which is good for for you know uh, people who are really knowing the data but for other people you know we we turned it over to run the Sims last year and let run the Sims help people a little bit more effectively. Um, but I still stand by it. For me, it helped me identify trends patterns and and the data so last year you know what I, I didn't win as much as i did the first year so i might have to go back to doing it again oh man uh i will say uh the super bowl was good for me from a dfs standpoint so i uh i ended up with a little bank bank account for a little piggy bank for the coming season that i'm nice. whittling away on on baseball but uh just because I get bored sometimes, but uh, I, I love that one because, uh, and, and I love that actually you break it down by opponent because yeah. I think that is huge when, it, especially when you're talking about DFS, because uh, you know, it, there, there are so, I mean, no two, no two opponents are the same when, like I, I keep, I keep telling people it's like, Oh yeah. You know what? Uh, was, was Mac Jones really that horrible? Uh, you know, but, or what, but on the day against the Buffalo bills where he threw the ball four times. So, I mean, it's just, it was the weather or, you know, if you're, if you end up with a, with a great closing closing leg where you're going up against four, you know, crappy defenses. Yeah. You know, go after those guys. Well, I mean, a couple of years ago, uh, I remember, I'm trying to remember who the player was in DFS 
and, and it was, I think it was two, three years ago. They, they were just lighting up the last month of the season. And so you were like, oh, I'm just going to ride this player. I forget who it was. but it, David it was Montgomery. Just, yeah, I think it was David yes, Montgomery. Yes, it was. That's exactly yes. what it was. And you were like, oh. And at the same time, it was Derrick Henry. Because oh, Derrick yes. Henry was going against the Texans. So you were doing both. You were like, I, me and Bo, that's when we first started the battle. Uh, and uh, we were just like, oh, I'm doing Derrick Henry. He's like, I'm doing David Montgomery. I'm like, well, I'm doing David Montgomery in my flex. Well, I'm doing Derrick Henry in my flex. <laughs> just, they were running wild, 28 points, 33 points, you know, two touchdowns a game. So if you can figure out those trends in the NFL and see them kind of as they, they're going, man. And the, the more of the stats I use every week was the NFL – uh, uh, you know, points per uh, position group, fantasy points per position group per team. But then also uh, that, that kind of gives you an overview, breaking it down by week to see trends. And so if you have a holistic view, okay, Buffalo, that one game, that's going to throw everything off, make Buffalo just the best at everything and never play them against them. That's not going to happen. Buffalo's going to give up some points at times, maybe just not in that context. So uh, applying the information in the right context, I think that's where we're, we're kind of, you know, at, at times it's hard because it's a moving, it's a, it's an oblong ball, right? So we're trying to get our grips on it. They're trying to get their grips on it. It's a challenge, but you know, the people over fancy points, dude, I'm so excited for you, by the way, uh, that you're a part of the group. I, I assumed you always were almost in my mind. You know what I mean? Cause like, that's the kind of people that they are. I was like, of course, yeah, Jorge works for them. And then uh, uh, I'm so glad though, that, uh, you know, you get to kind of have all those guys get to know who you are. So shout out you. You know what I mean? And uh, oh, what's going to happen you. with that? So, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, luckily, you got to be friends with uh, Edwin Porras and uh, Graham Barfield Love last him. year. Yeah. Both those guys are just, uh, you know, Edwin and I just bonded over being, as as we kidded, we're the only two Mexicans doing this in English. So, <laughs> so we just, you know, and he's given my daughter great advice. And Graham and I just, uh, I had him on the pod last year. And then uh, we just bonded over baseball. And so we just, uh, we would always send it, we'd be at, we'd be at different ballparks and be like, Oh, Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm here for, you know, send me, he sent me like, uh, from three different ballparks around the country. So I was just like, God, that's awesome. God, I love it. But, uh, yeah, just, uh, just great dudes. And it, yeah. Yeah. And I just can't, I can't wait to see the growth that we're going to have. Um, what, what I, I do want to, uh, shout out one, one stat that the uh, a stat that I lo love to look at a lot, and th this I use this stat a lot when I'm kind of breaking down kind of like the effectiveness of a running back. And this is kind of like looking more toward redraft is yards after contact, uh, mm. where where I see you know kind of like these are the guys that are really fighting for extra yards. Um, this is the you know Jonathan Taylor had 941 yards after contact mm. last year. So I mean that that's. I, th I think I figured out he would have been like number 10 in the league if it would have just been his yards after contact. So, I mean, just shows so much. It shows broken tackle rate. It shows physicality. I just think it's a, a it's a wonderful metric to kind of show the effect, overall effectiveness of a runner. And again, I'm looking at like the top four running backs. Jonathan Taylor was one. Nick Chubb was number two. Najee Harris, number three. Joe Mixon was number four. That, and And all of them. The top ten running backs in the in the NFL last year. It's, I mean, obviously, it also shows effectiveness effectiveness over the course of a season because um, that you know because we know this is such a a, a position of attrition. So uh, it's it, 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 those guys get beat up. So I just I, I love using that number when it comes to kind of you know just kind of show who's who's as good as it gets, man. Um, uh, uh, by it, the way, number number five there, Elijah Mitchell. You know, Eli, yes. they're a little s sneaky. Ooh, a little sneaky in there. I like that. 
And he would have been, and, and actually he would have been higher on this list, but he missed like three or four games last year. And so, you know, just, just, the, you know, but he, and he was, he had an, he was another guy who had an incredible closing kick. I think he had like three or four games in a row where he had at least 20 point, 20 plus touches in the, at that point, they were really just using him a lot. And he ended up, let me see, I'm looking for where he finished on the season. He, uh, number 24, but he missed five games. So, you know, I, I I'm, I'm he's a guy I'm definitely going to look look at t- keeping an eye on him for a draft. Maybe getting him if I'm if if I'm not taking a hero RB approach and loading up on running re- receivers. I've I've done a little zero on the uh, so far. Played around with zero a little bit on on startups, but uh, when it comes to redraft, I, I'm going to have to go uh, with with that more, more of a hero approach on that one. Oh. Oh, for sure. I, I love I love Eli Mitchell later because you can get him later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in last year, he averaged sixteen point four fantasy points per game when he did play. So his his one eighty wasn't that great because he wasn't there, you know, that much. Like you said, missed those games. Um, but when he was there, he was the thirteenth, you know, highest scoring on average per game. So if you can get that, get him later as an RB three, yeah. maybe on your team this year. Depending on what happens tomorrow, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, just, just don't ever grade me. I'm just saying it could happen. So, well, um, it's it's not not necessarily tomorrow because he was a day three pick, so it might be right. Saturday. A couple days, right? a <laughs> who couple gets days. who? Who goes? Yeah, there's so many guys out there, and that it's kind of like musical chairs. It's there, there's so many guys that you kind of want to like, but yeah, you know. Well, right now, every fantasy football manager roster or whatever you're going to call them these days in 2022 is is like hiding in a bunker hoping that like the bomb doesn't hit their fantasy team with like you know like draft pick draft pick draft pick and they're they're running back number one on the team is now rb2 or you know you know hall is is on their team now and their guys just trash so uh there's a lot of just nervous nellies in the next couple days who are just crossing their heart and you know hoping that their team does not ruin them honestly you mean like the Broncos ruined Javante Williams? Uh, I just yesterday. all my prop bets, all my prop bets up in flames over price picks. It's just like a effing shame. I just don't even know what to say. I just set him, put him in fire. Be you know, put him in fire. Be like Nero. You know, play the violin as they're just in, in flames and flames. Well, I, I just love when and people are like you. You you say that that the, I, like the people are victory lapping. People who do not have any stake in. Uh, in Melvin Gordon himself as a person, right? Maybe on their team, but they're going, yeah, and you think he was washed. You said Melvin Gordon was washed. I mean, not to me, but just in general, out there, you know, conflating and, and cocking up, you know, the rooster thing. You said, and now look what's going on here. Uh, like they have been vindicated that Melvin Gordon doesn't suck or whatever. I'm not saying he sucks. I'm not saying that. But all the Javante Williams rosters are just like, no, you took my share. You took my my birthright. You know, so uh, it's just so funny to watch both these two groups tilt against each other because, you know, they're both, I mean, good people, you know, they're on both sides, you know, so it's, it's fun. I love it. Love it. Well, let's, let's hit the receivers uh, in honor of Matt Harmon, Uh, the receivers, tight ends, Uh, you know, what, what do you, you know, is it as simple as just overall targets with them? You know, it's targets, but it's also target share. So, like, you look at, like, Mike mm. Williams and Keenan Allen Keenan Allen last year, you can see trends in target share. And so, oftentimes, I would go, uh, you know, look at and drill down into that weekly target share 
percentage trend, see where it's going. And sometimes it's injuries. Sometimes it's just the way the offense is going. Sometimes you can see, oh, it's against these certain teams. So, you know, maybe uh, this is a, a coverage they're going up against, uh, you know, a cover two, a cover three, whatever the, the zone scheme is that they're kind of facing. Or maybe it's a man-to-man. So they're able to get Keenan in, into more routes, whatever it is. But you can see just in the breakdown week to week, he's getting 30%, 29%, 27%. 30%. You know, Mike Williams getting 18%, 17%, 16%, 15%, 20%. So just that helps me understand that if I'm going to go for Mike Williams, he is that bomb deep threat, that guy who's going to win you your your DFS pot, you know, your, your tournament. Whereas Keenan Allen, he's your cash stud. He's going to get you regular targets. And sometimes he flopped, but you know, a lot of times he didn't. A lot of times he got me, you know, 20 points and I beat Bo. By the way, love you, Bo, but you got beat by this bitch right here in the battle of the, the I mean, this is, this is so, so sad, right? The clash of the beards and bellies, right? I bellied and beard clashed you and, and, and I won like nine in a row at the end to beat him too. So it was a, it, he, he was up high. I just kept coming out. I did not stop. So uh, poor Bo, he beat me the first year. He crushed me the first year. I came back and, and, and took his soul last year. So this year, rubber match, we'll see who's the better DFS head to head guy, me or Bo. Because you had to, you had to win nine you had to win nine in a row to catch him right to to catch yeah. him and pass him right yeah to 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 do this I had to I I think he was like he'd won nine or something and I or he'd won you know something I think it was eighteen no he'd won eight and there was uh you know I I was down five weeks I won five weeks in a row or something like that no it was even more than that I think I was down seven and I won like nine weeks in a row because he didn't he didn't beat me anymore yeah he didn't beat me anymore. it was terrible for him it's terrible. Uh, I beat him. I crushed him. So, but I hope you're listening. <laughs> oh man. Well, I hope he won some money after all. So, uh, you know, yes. now I know he's just, yes. he's just sharpening the blade right now. You know, it's uh, what's happening. He's coming for me. And so here's the trick though. <laughs> if he, if he does beat me, I'll just use his picks every week to get money on the other side. But I'll be, I'll be playing him against everybody else. So. Hey, even better. You win, but you win either way. You win yes. either way. Got win, it. win. Win-win is Covey says, win-win. So so on the receiver side, uh, you know, I I know one of the things that I look for a lot is – is is on the target side. Uh, You know, I'm looking – I want to get guy – you know, when I'm looking for the season – before the season, I'm looking for a guy who's getting about eight targets a game, trying to get as many of those guys as possible because – I mean, last year, you know, when it was guys who had at least nine targets, just not, I mean, eight targets is one thing, but there, cause there were 21 last year that averaged at least eight targets a game. Uh, though there were two guys who played fewer than, uh, uh, five games. Uh, but of the 12 that averaged at least nine, there were only three that didn't, that weren't a top 12 receiver. And those three were DJ Moore, Chris Godwin and, uh, and Marquise Brown and Chris Godwin would have been uh, a top a top 12 if he hadn't gotten hurt and then mark andrews number one tight mm-hmm. end he got nine so uh i i just I, you know it's it's so i mean it, yeah those the, and i love it what you said targets and target share it's just so important to get get those just i mean because we hear it all the time targets are earned targets are earned targets are earned i think it was matt Harmon who was the one who coined that that phrase um yeah, I'm I'm looking at those guys and also looking at their quarterbacks because that's why you know one of the guys that I'm targeting a lot this year is uh is the um is Russell Gage who's get, who 
Yeah, just from you know a guy who you know because we're tapping into the 719 tar- you know pass attempts from la- you know from last year, everything is the same for for uh, for Brady other than Russell Gage there instead of uh, Antonio Brown. So and and God Godwin's hurt coming off of an injury, and so he will not be uh, running with the first team during you know summer practices during preseason all that kind of stuff will be you know, kind of tailored to gauge being more a focal point and oh man i could just see him getting a touchdown week one i'm gonna put him in dfs already yes yes i can imagine if he's in the five thousand dollar range it's just like oh okay he's gonna be that wide receiver three so yeah oh mm. just let, yeah he's he's one of my favorites because yeah you're right because that was uh i sat down with edwin about a month ago and we talked about those late season acl injuries and he just said look you Dude, they are not going to rush these guys back. And he said, it's the, the early, you know, kind of like the early side is about 10 months for guys, which would be about October for him. So for Godwin. So that, that and I think that's a big reason why uh, OBJ hasn't signed because 10 months from the Super Bowl would be close to Christmas. So, right. Oh. Right. Yeah. Hey, we got a couple of a couple of friends in the chat that I, I wanted to give a shout out to. Uh, previous guests on here, uh, Craig Reith, last week's guest. So uh, yes, I love Lila. Craig. Oh, oh, one of the one of the one of the deadpan funniest the guys ever. Gift master, I don't know, like meme maker, like he extraordinaire. I don't even know what what's the name of it. I don't know how you yeah. you yeah. Qualify. And 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 you got to check out his player normal show. Yeah, his paranormal players. Oh, it's he's he, he's a G. So he's gonna have a few coming out. He already had he had the debut last Friday, and he's gonna have some more. And also Shane Barrett, otro amigo, otro hermano. Orale, FF Shane B. Como estas? Como estas? Como estas? Where uh, I I'll uh, after this I'll drink a Michelob Ultra in your honor, mi amigo. So mm-hmm. salud, salud. Yeah, we got there. We got there. Um. So we we talked about the p- position. So um you know, kind of like a numbers related question. I mean, and we, we talked about this a little bit before the show. How, how have you kind of changed, kind of improved on your process, your analysis as uh, DFS specific, as you've gotten more years under your belt playing, playing and analyzing it? You know, I think understanding um, a couple different things. One, how people are not betting, but who they're, who they're the owner, like the ownership or the rostership mm-hmm. each week, kind of where, where people are trending. And so I think that was a big thing the first year. I didn't really know that much about it. I just played the best plays as Pete Overset used to say, I thought these were good plays. I played them. So I think what happened last year that was really helpful is I could understand what, where I was hedging, where I was going after uh, edges. And then when I would lose, you know, I would go, okay, well, this is why I lost. This is exactly what I was trying to do. I was giving myself, uh, uh, you know, a, not a lot of dupes, as they say. So not not giving people a lot of opportunity to copy my builds and kind of be unique. But when you be, when you're unique, you run the risk of of, of you know losing more money than you are because you're not being safe. Uh, so I think just learning how to to manage that, and not that I did great with my money last year. I think I, I didn't win as much, but I learned how to play the different games. So how I played Showdown was much different than how I played uh, you know a main slate, and so how I how I just attacked those. I won two Showdown slates, uh, you know, on, a, on Monday night and a Thursday night last year. Those were great. I love that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I mean, maybe it was like you know ten thousand people or eight thousand people or something, but who cares? You Still. know what I mean? Like. 
yeah, still, who cares? It was still, it's still nice to just to win those. And I, I think I shared it with some people and stuff, but um, didn't, didn't win millions. I, I won, you know, a couple hundred bucks here and there, but um, I think understanding how to tailor my game to each tournament was something before I really didn't understand. I just played on Sunday and now uh, I'm being more strategic in what I'm attacking and how I'm playing and, and identifying uh, what is going to happen or what could potentially happen with one of the players. So Bo did a great job this year of picking captains. It's what you do in showdowns. Mm. You pick the player who's going to score the most points. Um, that's something I, I had not been effective at before. And this last year, I really worked at kind of understanding how the game flow could go in that one contest instead of looking at all the contests and just being like, yeah, yeah, this is, this is, this is, this is, this. But going, what's going to happen in here and how can I put myself in a unique position uh, with a captain? And shout out Brian Jester, the guys over at Occupy Fantasy because uh, they have oh, a yes. great, great, Great podcast. Uh, he's here out of Maryland. I got to rep them over there at their, uh, their, uh, you know, their optimizer. I love it. We use it each week for the Million Maker over at Nimble W Number. So uh, lots of good stuff. So I think it's kind of understanding how the games are played and where my money is going to be and how I build different lineups for different uh, contests and uh, how to kind of leverage those contests and, and, and you know, beat Bo and head to head. That's what I learned how to do, too that's uh, you know what that's half the battle right there you know that, that that's that that's half the the goal the meta as we would say in spanish so yes. uh so i i got a question and this, this is something we may we may revisit in august is when you're getting to the beginning of the season now i love to actually use the numbers of what's just happened how did these guys attack you know the, how did this offensive attack this this great defense or this porous defense but when you're at the beginning of the season, you don't have that kind of, uh, you know, that 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 track record. What are you looking at, like for week one, that's different from the other seventeen weeks of the season? Yeah, so I think the first couple of weeks, uh, we we call it the wild wild west because you really you're you're not uh, sure how schemes, new schemes, new coordinators, new offenses yes. are all gonna all gonna roll out. So I think one thing that I've learned from you know people like Graham and and you know other people in the, in the business is looking at how maybe uh, coverage schemes are implored by or are used by different coordinators and kind of okay, this is going to be the offensive scheme. They're going to be uh, run heavy or they're going to be pass heavy or they're going to be West Coast or whatever they're going to be to kind of give me a sense of how they're played against other teams uh, that have used that same setup as well. So I might not be able to look at, you know, maybe historical data of round one against this one, you know, the new coach, but when he was on the 49ers, this is how they always ran their defenses. This is what they did. So I'm looking at the Jets. Maybe I'm understanding a little bit more, of, but the Jets suck too. So, you know, you always give, you always add some points for that. But it gives me a sense of kind of maybe how the game could go. Maybe give me an opening into this game could get, get out of control. Then the Jets might have to pass. It could be a Michael Carter game dump offs, yes. all that kind of garbage time stuff. So you kind of try to predict the game script i think they call it you know and kind of tell a story uh with your builds i think is kind of where um we were getting to uh, and and so i think for a showdown for me i kind of learned how to tell that story too a little bit more effectively and that's that's what i'm doing this year i want to get a lot better at that i want to win that that's easier i think to win at times than the millie maker which is you get 17 shots at that bad boy that's hard that's some hard times so and there are some ballers who are really who are throwing who got some major mathematicians working for them that are just uh, yeah, uh, right. it, it's 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 just nuts. No, I, I I love it. I do love looking at kind of like game flow. I think I think with so many new offensive coordinators next year, I think it's going to be 
I, I'm almost going to, I want to, I want to look and see what kind of, you know, what kind of game flow, uh, and Mike McDaniel in, in, uh, in Miami is, how's he going to call a game plan, yeah. uh, after it's been, you know, him and, you know, and is it going to be more run heavy? Is he actually going to use those wide receivers so much? So, uh, and is, is, is it Josh use- McDaniels and the Raiders too? I mean, there's, there's yes. coaches everywhere, right? All over the place, and you know yeah. everybody's, and you know I've had a few, uh, a few of our thieve, fellow thieves on uh, from from the Chicago area who are just kind of like they're they're cautiously optimistic about what's going to happen with Justin Fields, but again they don't know because it's a first time offensive coordinator. So right, right, right. Uh, yes, So that's going to be. Uh, oh, wait a second. Here's a here's a good question from Shane. At mm-hmm. what point do you start throwing rookies into your DFS lineup? You know. Ooh. I mean, it, Jamar Chase right away last year, you threw him <laughs> in there. Um, so I think it all depends on uh, kind of where they're at at the end of the preseason and and what the expectation is for them in the, you know, I mean, touches and, and targets realms that we kind of talked about earlier. Uh, it's hard to to make predictions, but uh, it's, it's also hard to bank on any of those, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown didn't come out first week he wasn't bawling and hauling you know what i'm saying you were like yeah 30 points i got him you know neither was elijah moore so it takes a little while for some people to get going so there's not like a, a tried and true um methodology i'll just look for playing time opportunity who's going to get the start and what the coaches are saying about the targets they're going to get or, or what the expectations for them going to run with the offense are yeah i think you know you're using the monra st brown i actually had him uh on i was look i had just recommended him on because the, his ownership percentage was under 50%. So I'd act, I'd recommended him on a waiver wire article and I, I co-managed a team with a friend of mine and we were, we, we were kind of like, Oh, let's, let's maybe grab him as an insurance policy just in case. And the guy we were playing had just a ton of, of guys who were on, on the bench that uh, who were going to be sitting out that week or were hurt or whatever. He grabbed him on Ross St. Brown, and it was just like it was a team that was like three and a three and eleven or something like that on the season. But one of those wins was against us, so it just kicked our butts. Uh, mm-hmm. It was just like we were just talking about him, and somebody else grabbed him. But yeah, yeah, it's it's hard. To, I mean, it, it's really looking at opportunity with the with the rookies. For me, I want to see you know I want to see them get at least a week where they're where they're you know, getting, getting heavy usage before I, uh, before I throw them into a DFS lineup, uh, unless it's just looking like a really, really sweet matchup, um, that, you know, I don't, I don't know if anybody could have foreseen like Kadarius Tony having his blow up week, the one blow up week. Right. But, um, but, but again, you know, I mean, it, and, Odell but, Beckham Jr. When he blew up that one, oh when he first came, right. You still, right. So there's opportunity, but you, just, we just still. don't know. We still know. You know, so if you're if you're going to do 150 lineups, which I would do on a Sunday, I'll sprinkle in a rookie who's coming who might play in a game uh, in one or two lineups, you know, necessarily because. But, yeah, it, it's tricky. You have to kind of play it by ear. Um, I will say this, though, with Amon Ross St. Brown, here, here's the value of somebody it changes from week to week. Right. So Amon Ross St. Brown beginning of the year. Not as much. Uh, he won people their championships or he got them into their playoffs, mm-hmm. whatever it was last couple of years. Won people DFS money. He won me like $500 in best ball last year because I had him on every team. Oh. So uh, I, I, I loved it. I loved it. Uh, <laughs> you know, shout out underdog, which is kind of behind me over here. Oh, I there it work, is. I don't, 
I don't work for them anymore. Um, I love them. They I, they still said I could work for them. But since Maryland took away all the props and all the pickums and all the rivals, it just limited my ability to access content, unfortunately. So, Maryland, <laughs> you're screwing me. I love underdog. Please do play over there. No code nimble anymore, but play over there. Um, but I'm running around St. Brown, cheat code last year, and I took all of those money. I think every league <laughs> I was in, uh, I saw myself at the top, but at the bottom. I'm sorry. This is just the bow bashing episode. Don't tell him I said anything bad about him. <laughs> Hey, you know what? I'm going to see him. I'll, uh, we'll rose, I'll, I'll raise a glass. We'll raise a glass to you. Maybe we'll FaceTime you Thank from you. and just, oh. uh, you know, we'll do We'll do it. We'll do a shot from around from coast to coast. So I'd love that. That'd be great. Okay. Okay. Consider it a date. Uh, so keep your phone on. Uh, so last, oh, yeah. And yet you mentioned about uh, the battle of the beards and bellies. Uh, are you guys going to have a bet put down on this for the, the, the rubber match here? We, we got to talk about it. The clash. I call it the bet of the battle. Clash. It's the clash. I'm sorry. I, the, the first year it was the, um, it was the battle. What was it? It was the, um, the, the, the battle of the Thunderdome, right? The DFS Thunderdome or something like that. So the clash of the beards and bellies was Bo's idea for, for uh, the first year. And then Joe Bond said it was dumb. He said he didn't like it. So Bo was like, I'm not giving up on the clash of the beards and bellies. So he's like, we're doing it next year when we did it by ourselves. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Last year he lost, and I got a hundred dollars that I used to buy a bottle of hedonism. Uh, it was one of my Ooh. favorite scotches. So we might do something like that again this year. We'll have to talk about it. We might have to up the ante like two hundred fifty bucks instead of a hundred. You know, we gotta make it like a little bit more spicy. Maybe get a prize that's that's uh, you know donated by a, a sponsorship or something. I don't know, a Toyota Hummer or a Hummer or a Toyota Rav Four. I don't know, something like that. You know. Oh, love it. Love it. I can't wait. I, I already can't wait. I mean, because uh, it'll be D, it'll be football season. It'll be DFS season. I, I Right now, I think trash I, talking, smack oh, talking, you know, it's all yeah. coming back. crying. It's all coming back. I mean, yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So I want a uh, fun one to kind of close up shop uh, Mexican food. I know you are in Maryland and being close to the water is the mexican food in the year neck of the woods more centered on seafood or or are there other kind of favorites that you uh that you check that you enjoy you know um so my wife is 25 percent mexican her grandma 100 percent mexican and um she met a serviceman she used to she lived in juarez she worked in texas and so she would Across the border every day, work in Texas. Mm-hmm. She met um, a, uh, a gentleman back in the day from New England who was a serviceman, and they end up having a relationship. They fell in love. They got married. She lived in New England, which kind of you know, not many um, Mexican, uh, you know, uh, transplants there. She lived in a, a very, uh, you know, I guess a white New England, Boston community, hey, you know, Italian or Irish, hey, you know. So um, it's a cool family. I love it, and uh, I'm excited to be in it. My wife, though. Not super into Mexican food, which just like blows my mind. You know, it's oh my it's goodness. Just, I know. So for me, um, I love all all Mexican food. I mean, it literally, um, the Mexican street tacos. Though, I, oh. I, I my, my my parents have taught me growing up that that a taco was hamburger meat with a little bit of of you know Mexican seasoning. They called it from you know El whatever it was El Paso and Giant, and then. And then some cheese and then some lettuce. So when I, when I left my family's house and I was like, I need to go to eat real food here. And uh, ever since then, I would say I would say Mexican food is probably my favorite food. Um, but I can't eat it that much because I love 
I love it and I love spicy food. And then, you know, that does me bad. So, oh, oh. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, I mean, um, yeah, street tacos are my favorite. And I, I like barbacoa. I like street tacos oh, yes. that have, that have like you know, a nice braise and a nice, you know, spicy barbacoa. That's going to get me every time. And actually, you know what? There's good barbacoa that that doesn't have to be too spicy. It's just tasty, kind of like that medium one that could still give you just enough heat and not not put you over the edge. So uh, I'm going to say that that's your medium is probably white spicy. Yeah. So I'm going to say I like, I'm gonna, I'm going to agree with that. Yes, 100. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, yeah. I'm going to find we're going to find out what the king of spice uh, considers considers spicy, and I, I'm, I'm gonna, oh, yeah. my head's going to be sweating. I'm going to I'm already <laughs> looking forward to that. Oh. That's good. Uh, me amigo well let's close up shop i I, this was this was a blast i can't believe we've already gone over an hour it's it's flown by um you know what what do you what do you have coming up and you definitely point plug anything you want and where people can find thank you so you know tomorrow i'll be talking to joe bond and to you know jeff hasley and to uh hazley i'm I'm saying it wrong again Hazley, Jeff Hazley and to Joe Bond and, and, and Tyler. So I'll be doing that. But then after that, you know, uh, over with my man, Bowman Big Time, uh, we're working on some new guests. Uh, I'm not going to drop any names here, but we're doing another chalk block coming up two in May. Uh, you know, we're trying to do two each of the next couple months until we we get into the regular season. So uh, people that we'd like to have on the list include Stefania Bell, uh, both oh. reaching out to, to people like Andy Holloway. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, that'd be crazy. I told Bo, whatever. Um, but with that being said, we have had Field Yates on our show twice. So I don't know what that means. Uh, that That's just craziness there. Um, but yeah, yeah. this uh, this next week, I'll be probably next couple weeks on the Mayo Media Network as well. Uh, you know, Pat keeps me busy uh, with stepmom Lauren. I love her. And oh. LQ. Uh, you know LQ. So LQ. Um, yeah, a bunch of great people, honestly. And thank you for having me on. And and shout out to everybody over there at Fancy Points too, man. Great people. And I, I will show you the hair. Hold on. I'll get the hair out. Look at that! It's not going to be beautiful because I had the hat on. Um, well, because the hats but, the hats so good. I mean, you just you still get to you still get to. Uh, it, it keeps it perfect. Yeah, it's not. It's a perfect hat, and I've never taken the sticker off. And Joe told me not to. He said never take it off, never. So he uh, he has the he has the sticker on his on his Philly cap. So oh really? Yeah, Are you serious? Yeah. He was on with Greg Cosell, and he had the sticker on. So gotta love that. I oh, by the way the the line of the day white spicy so <laughs> that is a fantasy team name if i've ever a hundred percent yeah i think i'm yes. gonna call it i think i'm gonna call a fantasy team white spicy at some point next season. <laughs> oh well i don't know scott scott sent you white spicy aka shane muchas gracias you gave us the laugh of the day i'm, I'm actually tearing up over here a little bit oh Oh, mi amigo, this was this was a blast. This was a blast. I'm gonna uh, close up shop again. Otra vez, uh, familia. I'm gonna give a shout out to uh, Fantasy Points. Make sure to go to fantasypoints.com. Use that promo code familia22. Familia22. Again, if you're doing it in Spanish, ten percent. I'm getting you ten percent off, including the NFL prospect guide. Twenty five dollars can get a little bit. Get get ten percent off. Enjoy that prospect guide. It is gonna help you 
rock your fantasy drafts. Greg, I mean, I swear, I, I've been listening to Greg, Cos Greg Cosell and Greg and, and Joe on their live stream and just everything that they've got coming up. Scott just had an amazing article on his rookie wide receiver model. I mean, it's just, it, this is great stuff. This is just tipping the iceberg of everything you got coming up. And uh, again, eso es todo for our show. Uh, if you haven't, please make sure to give us a like and subscribe on YouTube. Un millón de gracias for doing that. And Special thanks to Anchor for being our hosting network and making sure independent podcast gets out in the Familia community. And please make sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your audio audio podcasts. And uh, again, go to FamiliaFFB.com. I'm going to have some articles popping up uh, here and there. I'll be posting them on Twitter at Jorge Martin 17 right here, right there. You could see it. And again, everything Familia FFB on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Otra vez. Un millón de gracias to our invitado de lujo. Un gran placer fue un éxito. Scott, thank you so much. Coast, I lo always love the coast-to-coast -coast, uh, ones are all over the country. And uh, because you know what? It's one of the things that reminds me. Todos somos familia. Salud.